0: And boys and girls, and prefer not to disclose, back to the Undressing Underground Hot Cost. I've been double fisting red wine and black coffee, so I'm ready to fucking do this. Today on the show is singer-songwriter Jeanette Lyn. From Westchester, PA. This is gonna be another sort of weird setup because the first half hour or so will be me talking to her over Skype or whatever it was. And uh, that was actually recorded after the second part of the show, which is roughly a half hour to 40 minutes of her original interview. Done by her brother, Daniel Bernie. As I've said, you can send me your interview with whoever you like, and I will do what I can with them. But uh as we discuss, Dan is a bit of a strange one. In a good way. In a funny way. But in a way. He is very strange. So. I had to follow up on his interview and do a more informative one. So enjoy both of these things. Stick around to the end because she'll perform a couple songs. Uh, there's no short stories or tea time again this week because this one runs a little bit long too and leave a fucking musician on. Why not just end with music? Uh, I didn't think this through before doing it again. But, like I said, I'm on uppers and downers as legally as possible on 5pm on a Sunday in Indiana where I can't buy alcohol. Anyway, enough of my bullshit, well, except uh, congratulations to all the LGBT people of America where you can now legally be married. I went to the second oldest gay bar in Indiana last night to celebrate a kink night, but it was cold out, everybody was boring, and I don't do kink anyway. Uh, yeah, so here's Jeanette Lynn, followed by a quick music thing, and then more Jeanette Lynn. Enjoy. Hey. hey. I forgot oh, this silence my phone. <laughs> There's
1: this cool, like, white light here I didn't realize.
0: Yeah, I put down my blinds so I wouldn't, like, destroy you. I don't mind it, though. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay <laughs> it's whatever
2: yeah <laughs> Woo. Oh, <geez>. Mm-mm.
0: <laughs> sorry, I was checking God, why does it keep blowing out on your channel? that's so weird um is your hair short sort of I don't know if I can make.
1: Is that, can tell there's a button action
0: or something. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm trying to see if I can block out the sun behind me, but I guess not. It's like a little bit short. It's like how I normally, oh, there we go. Um, It's sort of like how I normally do it. I just get tired of it being long and then I cut it like around my ears. (laughs) I actually went to a barber though and for like the first time in like 10 years and just pissed him off so much (laughs) because he kept like giving me a mullet. (laughs) And I kept saying, like, I don't want that. Oh, wait, there's music playing on my side. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was a horrible experience. Uh, so, sorry, what have you been up to with music lately?
1: Um, right now, I have one show coming up. So I've just been, like, focusing on that. And um, I'm trying to get... I have a band together, so just need to practice with them more because i'm planning a fall tour but i need the band to be ready for it and i've got about three months to do that
0: um is the band like other just musicians you met from the open mic scene or something
1: i wish it was that cool um (laughs) it was um a guy i went to high school well two two people i knew from high school um and then a girl i met off craigslist so that's cool about right
0: at least you got a girl in your band
1: I so know so it's na- hard to get a girl in your yeah. band a girl looking for another girl for your band it's, it's kind of difficult
0: yeah it seems like every band either if there's a girl in it it's one girl and she's the singer or she's the bass player
1: yeah <laughs> never just <disappeared>,
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Um. so wait what's the sh- is the show you're playing the one at the World Cafe Live in yeah. Delaware
1: opening for Mason Jennings
0: Mason Jennings I know that name
1: He's like this. He's like Bob Dylan, but like more today. <laughs> he's just—he's really wordy. I don't know. He's got a couple good songs on uh, YouTube, but he does. He like gets off social media. Like he's not on Twitter, or Facebook, or anything. So well, I think he's on Facebook, but he doesn't run it. Like somebody else is posting everything for him.
0: Isn't that like how you? do everything is just through social media like find all of your fans and everything
1: yeah that's the only way i've figured it out i mean (laughs) i've met people at shows but i could probably say that's like 20 people that i've like can officially say became like my friends or fans that still come to shows through shows
0: yeah sorry Boris had to walk through (laughs) (laughs) um so how does that work normally, the social media thing? Like how exactly do you reach out to people?
1: Um, for me, what's worked best is YouTube because it's just like a couple combinations of things like the video aspect. Um, I get to talk. I can do whatever I want. And I've been posting videos since like 2008. And I've taken most of the really bad ones from then down. Um, but my, my fan base on there has stayed. And then they follow me to Facebook and Twitter. So And Instagram now, so like it just kind of, I can link them wherever I'd like them to check out new stuff. <laughs> That's cool.
0: That's I have
1: time for videos, like I can tell them I'm on Facebook and stuff.
0: I noticed you do a lot of collaborations on YouTube too. Does that help build your base? Because I noticed like that one girl you hang out with a lot, it seems. <laughs> um, I saw one picture of you with her yesterday and assumed you <laughs> hang out a lot. <laughs> um,
1: well, she actually lives in... Uh, like Bucks County so okay. whenever I do get to see her it's awesome um yeah but it's really interesting like whenever we do a video on her channel it's like 15 to 100,000 views like in a week or so um and then I'll put up a video it'll be like 200 views and I'm <laughs> like yeah, two hundred um
0: has any of no, her fan base <laughs> migrated over
1: do I feel better like Cause usually like they're my friends anyway. And then we just kind of work on songs and tell each other what sucks and what doesn't suck. And okay. it's kind of feedback too.
0: I think I talked over you during a little bit of that. Sorry. Okay. Um, have you ever considered like just starting a band with her to steal her fan base? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, no, cause I know exactly what she wants to do and she's on a direct path to doing it. Um, she wants to be on that Taylor Swift level. And I really think, oh, wow. maybe not Taylor Swift, but just a different shape of Taylor Swift.
0: She wants to be a pop star.
1: Yeah, and she's very determined. Her family's supportive. And it's a clear trajectory um, with record label. People are She's in the radar. She's been on VH1. She's played shows for showcases for YouTube networks and stuff. Oh, wow. But my goal, and we've talked about it, is to be in her band. So I would <laughs> love to play... Even if it's, like, the triangle in the back room, like, like, airing in the crowd, like, or the tour driver, you know?
0: So, (laughs) if that were to happen, would you still be just performing on your own places, too?
1: Probably. Um, I don't think I'll ever stop doing my own music. It might... I've never had the aspirations to be a big superstar kind of thing. Like, I really appreciate the craft of songwriting and sharing that. So, I just... I'll be happy doing putting out records independently forever almost unless something big changes and makes me think I can grab hold of everything
0: but so you're at least hoping to make a career out of music
1: definitely any any way I can that doesn't steal my soul like I don't (laughs) I could be in a wedding band and I don't think I could be a music teacher I don't there's and like a music therapist all these things that my parents (laughs) tell me to do and they're like you could do this and that what does a music
0: therapist entail (laughs)
1: um it involves bringing like childlike instruments uh it depends on the situation like you could be a child music therapist and that will get them involved in music and just relax these crazy add children Uh, but mostly it's people going to like hospice situations and choosing soothing music or like music for their time and just creating a time for them to relax. And...
0: So are you performing in that scenario?
1: You can. It, it's so different. Like, people go to school for it. So it's a mixture of, like, things I don't understand. I don't <laughs> – I just don't want to do it. I see it on Crisis all the time. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not qualified.
0: <laughs> so what would you be your goal then? Like, what would you – preferably want to do
1: ideally um i want to keep writing and i want to be able to just have a sustainable living playing shows like i love the idea of touring i actually love traveling i love that part of it and i've been teaching myself all these instruments so that if yeah if any other band came along that was doing big things and needed another a drummer a bass player a singer anything guitar I'd like to just jump on the bandwagon pretty much Hmm. Uh, I'd be very happy with that because then I could still do my stuff and then do everything else I wanted to do
0: what's this tour you're doing coming up is that like that you're playing with another band are you playing your own music on that
1: this will be my own music um like I'm I'm really close to finishing my second album and it, it might not reflect the sound of the band because the band isn't recording on the album. It's actually my songs with a fuller band feel, but without them on it.
2: Hmm.
1: Uh, I started in a different way. But I'd like to be able to like get that out there in a tour fashion. <laughs> so I'm doing it all DIY for the most part. Um, I have a good base place of places that do it across the East Coast. So I'm planning about 12 to 13 shows straight um, uh in october
2: in uh, some western
1: where? philly brooklyn um trying to get out towards chicago and uh, st louis and then through tennessee georgia florida and then back up the virginias and carolinas
0: oh wow well if you need a place to cra- crash I have a couch at least
1: <laughs> oh, i might be there with four people <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's i mean we can get an airbed or something <laughs> or yeah. sleeping bags but uh, no, yeah bye. I'm, like, outside of Indianapolis, kind of.
1: Oh, I was just out there. I didn't know you were Indianapolis. I was on a road trip. Were you? um, And I stayed in Indianapolis with my friend's friend. And I slept on a floor. And it was great.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What were you doing out in Indianapolis?
1: Uh, My friend is obsessed with the band Hanson. Really? Um, Still? (laughs) Still. um, They're really big. And they have, like, a cult following of fansons. And it's a legit thing, and every year they have a Hanson like weekend, and then Hanson throws a concert called the Hop Jam because they have their own beer line called Mmm Hops. What? And it's a little out of control. Um, so we went on. I I went for the road trip aspect of it. Yeah. And I thought yeah. maybe they could influence me to like Hanson some more, and I'm still, you know, teetering. Um, but yeah, we drove, we just took the long way back, and we stayed in Indianapolis before, like, going to Pittsburgh and stuff. Or we went to Akron, Ohio after that, and then to Pittsburgh and back home.
0: I I, I knew Hanson still existed, but that's insane. <laughs> like, they, what do they sound like now?
1: They, it's similar, but they have, um, they've definitely progressed. Um, I'd say a little funky, almost. Hmm. like. I don't know how to put it. I just really don't. Like, I would think an accordion, uh, an accordion would fit well.
0: I actually, I don't know if I still have it, but I had a bootleg. Uh, it's like a soundboard recording from, like, 2001 or 2002 of them sitting in with Bob Weir from The Grateful Dead. What? <laughs> yeah, they played, like, all on the Watchtower and stuff. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Right. Um. Yeah. <laughs> uh so how exactly did you decide on like what drew you to music really?
1: I think um, well first I was I've always been interested in the arts and just how if everyone was about going to art school kind of um, my dad is a is an artist and he's you're, you're not going to art school you don't need it pretty much and I was like all right, I guess that makes sense um, and then I remember. What initially started it was two things. Um, well, three. Four. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> my mom um, played guitar and she sang in wedding bands. Oh, really? Growing up, so I'd always see her practicing like a million things that I didn't understand. I'm like, she's singing in the bass, um, <laughs> And then my brother wanted to play because he's obsessed with David Bowie and wanted to play song. Um So she taught him. And then I remember I had liked a boy... At the time, who was, like, starting to play in all these bands and stuff. And I'm like, I needed some way to impress him. <laughs> so I asked my brother to teach me some chords and things. Um, and then lastly, what the, I guess the tipping point was, I was reading a magazine. And there was an article on Michelle Branch. And that she had picked up the guitar at age 14. And then she has a super, like, I loved her songs at the time.
0: Yeah.
1: So I'm like, I'm 14. <laughs> 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 and so then I just really committed to uh, at least playing guitar. And then songwriting came a little later when I just couldn't express how I really felt about something through another song. Like I couldn't find a song expressing how I felt. And then I saw a quote that's like, if you can't um, find the book you're looking for, write it. And it just kind of all clicked. I'm like, then I need to write the song I'm looking for. And then a whole lot of shitty songs came from that.
0: Yeah, that seems, that's, I feel like that's basically what the kind of person I'm searching for in this podcast, like, people that do that, like, people that just feel something missing and just feel the need to do it, because that seems to be the most, like, true form of art, I guess, like, yeah, so, like, what what did you feel like was missing that you could create?
1: I guess I was I was really shy too. I couldn't really talk back to my parents or anything. Like anytime I was feeling I guess suppressed, I found a way to just let it all out in my room, just like singing and writing down what I felt. And I didn't have to show anybody. I just got it out and then I could go back into a room and be super happy again. Like, hey like it was really just an outlet too for how I was feeling. Without having to confront anyone, at all.
0: How many of those songs do you have?
1: I, for some reason, I gave myself once I started writing in high, like in high school, like I just wanted a lot of songs to feel like I was accomplishing something, even <laughs> though they were really bad. So I gave myself I have hundred shitty songs that I think one of them has ever been recorded. Huh. Um, and I'm afraid to go back and listen. I have a stack of cassette tapes because I had. I have three bags of cassette tapes and a stack of notebooks um, full from those years that I can't wait to look through one day. (laughs) But I was really angsty, I guess. I don't have a (laughs) brain.
0: Well, I mean, I remember when Dan and I first started hanging out, he played me a CD of yours. And it was just like songs about your baseball team.
1: Oh, my God. I did write a song.
0: It was like a whole album of stuff, I think.
1: Uh, you're right. I, there was a song. That album was called "Hot Janitor," um, and.
0: <laughs> what does that mean?
1: <laughs> I had a crush on a janitor at my school, but he was very young. He oh, okay. Was, <laughs> he was like eighteen, and he was just like gorgeous. Um, and he was the principal's nephew, so it was such a weird thing. And I remember I needed, to, I wanted to tell him. I didn't know how so I wrote a song and I had a plan to give it to him and then funny enough what the day I finished recording and I had all these cds and I wanted to give it to him he didn't work there anymore but another (laughs) hot janitor replaced it (laughs) so I just told him it was for him (laughs) I gave it to him and I never heard any feedback or eye contact
0: after that (laughs) well you were how old were you
1: I, I gotta be like 17 maybe
0: oh okay yeah. so you weren't like
1: yeah but i was awkward yeah too,
0: so. i can't imagine like s- sorry that's
1: pretty, it's just-
0: yeah i just can't imagine like what would go through a janitor's head being given a cd from a student at a high school <laughs> of music about them
1: that's a catchy song um it didn't make any sense just yeah Uh, yeah but i did have a song about softball called dream team because i i I really liked being on the softball team i just sucked so bad i got the sportsmanship award basically it's the (laughs) benchwarmer award (laughs) everyone liked me but i sucked so bad so bad
0: but it sounds like you i mean from what i remember of that album it sounded like you were enjoying yourself on the team like you were gonna miss them and everything
1: oh i miss them i still hang out with people from my softball team which is funny they're still in jersey and i see well i see them at wawa now um (laughs) (laughs) like working there and Uh. there it's it's a combination it just happened the other day and i introduced her to a friend of mine i was like oh we used to play softball together
0: did you You give them the album
1: I gave everyone that album, and I'm so afraid for if anything comes up in my life where I'm on a higher music level, and then that just resurfaces. <laughs> like, there's 12 songs on that CD. Yeah,
0: I remember, and you had like backup vocals and stuff. Like you were harmonizing with yourself.
1: It was such a difficult recording process. I wasn't really allowed to use the computer growing up, so now I'm like a social media obsessed. <laughs> um, so I had two tape cassette recorders i'd record the first idea on one and then i'd record that into my computer through a mic that i did have a usb for it amazingly (laughs) and then i'd record my ideas singing along with that one and then i'd record that and then if i wanted to add any other guitar stuff i'd do the same process with the other recordings on like the memo recorder on basic windows like (laughs) that only records 30 seconds oh my god attach those together through this free program I found, which I still use today, it just upgraded like ten times. So I don't <laughs> it's just really funny how difficult that was and I did it. It was just weird.
0: How long were you doing that for?
1: <laughs> it was a couple of years. Um the like the process at least. And then once I got like a computer that had a, set, a recorder and my phone started having longer memos, I'm like I can record a whole song on. here? <laughs> And then just email it to myself.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So when did you start doing the YouTube thing then?
1: I guess um, I remember my first video was me wanting to show off playing the Iron Man solo and that still exists. And it's got the like the free like ripped off video editor thing. It's like free soft download like right (laughs) across the screen. Um, but yeah, like 2008 or like maybe like late 2007, but I just put up like random clips from when I started like performing. Um, and then once I started piecing videos together, when I moved to my dad's, like I had a computer and my, and a webcam at my advantage and I just pieced everything together.
0: Oh, so you didn't start really, like really doing what you were doing until then. Yeah. That's, that was, that feels fairly recent, but I guess... That was like six years ago or something.
1: Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I took a lot of the videos down, and I think about it all the time. Like, pe- like people that delete Twitter, like tweets that they send. Like, I think about them differently. Like, some people are like, never delete, never delete. And I'm, I'm like, I took all these videos down because I don't want people to that be their first impression of me and think I'm still doing like bad. <laughs>
0: I think we used to have some right to self censorship. Like I go th- when I, when I'm on Facebook, I go through and delete all of my backlog of posts. Like I don't yeah. want to remember what I wrote when I was 18.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's hard to read that back. You're like, what was I thinking? <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, it's good to I guess like look at it at some point after you've grown and just to see that you've grown. But like, you don't need to be reminded of it constantly. Like, why would you want that? <laughs> Uh, so you actually like delete them. You didn't just make them private or unlisted.
1: There was a few that I just straight up deleted, <laughs> um, but most of them are just private, like not even unlisted, just in case, like I got hacked or something. Um, but there was, I, one in particular, I remember I put it up and then instantly got like 10, like kill yourself comments. I was like, Oh, all right. And it was actually <laughs> a Green Day song. <laughs> And I like, it was really bad, but I guess you don't cover Green Day on YouTube. It's a little harsh. But I took it down. I'm like, I can't ever read that. I'll just be sad forever.
0: So did you start off immediately posting covers on YouTube?
1: No, I It actually wasn't for a while till I did. I was putting up originals, um, but then I would take those down because I weren't done yet. Like I kept changing them.
0: Did you know when you were uploading them that they weren't done?
1: No, <laughs> I was so proud of that day. Like I, it was one of those things like you finish something and you just immediately want the feedback and you don't have anyone around to show the song. So just put it out in the world before like Google plus took over YouTube where anyone can comment easily and just like leave whatever kind of feedback they want. Yeah. And now like I'll get like four comments on a video that has like 7,000 views and I, I don't know what anyone thinks other than the like button, like the thumbs up.
0: You've actually been getting less comments recently.
1: A lot less. Like, the second they took over, like, those didn't make the transition into making a Google Plus account and then connecting it to their YouTube and setting it up. they just like, I don't need that. I could just search on YouTube.
0: Oh, wow. I had no idea that was a thing. I'm mad at it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, do you still get feedback on, like, Facebook and Twitter at least?
1: Yeah. I'd say Facebook's the best um outlet for me right now because it's a lot of my family and friends and then those extended people through them that they've shared so it's all mostly people like I'll I'll take their opinion seriously and I'll get messages out of the blue sometimes about things and it's pretty good it's good feedback <laughs>
0: um obviously I'm not a good interviewer sometimes I just listen instead of thinking of the next question
1: <laughs> better than Dan sorry Dan
0: yeah okay well we just want to go into that thing because I'm going to play that after this not all of it like a half hour of it because there's just like five minute segments where you're just trying to think of David Bowie songs (laughs) like what was that exactly
2: um
1: well it was actually my brother I thought he had a plan like I thought he had written down questions (laughs) so we had a conversation afterwards and he's like well I kept that alive and I'm like what do you mean? I'm like, he's like, well, you could have asked me, asked questions too, or brought up topics. I'm like, I thought you had this, like, I thought Rob had to do something, or like, you came up with anything. He's like, no, I just went with it. I'm like, you're an idiot. (laughs) Um, David Bowie, he just kind of threw me on the spot with that one.
0: Yeah. Numerous Uh, times.
1: (laughs) That was fun. But now I can say I covered a song for him, because he has been asking
0: for years yeah he, um, yeah he told me he told, <laughs> he told you he told originally this is like eight years ago that he told me that uh <laughs> he had told you to layer your voice like David bowie <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: god i don't think that would be a good idea
0: i thought that's what you did though like um back when you were recording yourself over and over again like you were laying or you were harmonizing with yourself but i thought did that not come from him? Did I make that up, or did he make that up? No,
1: he, he tends to exaggerate sometimes. It's possible he <laughs> said that, but that's not why I was doing it. <laughs> <So. Okay.
0: laughs> I mean, I could be misremembering. This is eight years ago, like the second or third time we hung out outside of work. Yeah. Do you have any way you'd like to set up that interview? Is there anything you'd like people to know about that situation or anything?
1: Yeah. I would just like to disclaim the next interview that it is my brother interviewing and we are both equally awkward and just go on tangents and yeah
0: well actually what was the setup for that i know you guys were in the basement
1: i don't know i don't know what to
0: say all right well that's fine um yeah we can just end this here and then i'll throw it to dan and i'll put this up on the 30th i guess
1: can i screenshot us like Five, five. I'm gonna try. Uh, oh, I found. Mean, I, I don't know
0: okay. how, how. Where do I put my hand? Like over here.
1: Yeah, we'll pretend that it's high five,
0: five.
1: Okay. And uh. I th- Wait, wait, hold on. <laughs> Four. I took it before you smiled. Okay. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Cool. okay. <laughs> <That's pretty good. laughs>
0: All right, cool. You can put it up with... I'll put it, If you send it to me, I'll put it up with the interview, too, <laughs> on Tumblr. Oh, we're- okay. <laughs> oh, thanks for talking to me. Yeah,
1: thanks for wanting to talk to
0: me. Oh, no problem. You are doing interesting things. That's pretty cool. Oh, and thank you again for Let Me Use Your Music in that short film. Yeah, no,
1: that's cool. I showed that to a bunch
0: of people now. Oh, cool. Thank you. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: It was all... I don't know if you've been through that at all. Like, that whole... Because you... you do you identify as a lesbian now?
1: I uh, I still go well. I go by bisexual. Okay. Uh,
0: okay, I was just sure because I Jennifer. Gone that. What?
1: I have gone through that situation though.
0: Oh, Over guys like treat like practice on you for dates.
1: Yeah. I've well, I actually had like a gay guy. Pra- it's weird. Like we were both gay, pretty <laughs> much, and decided like we're not gonna date each other, but we can hang out like we're dating, and. Then, like, use like get tips and tricks on how to be romantic. Like, it was like a weird couple weeks of my life.
0: <laughs> Wait, how intense was this couple of weeks? Like, were you?
1: No, it was very casual. It was like every weekend, like, we'd hang out for two um,
0: So but, you guys, like, so you most... got like four days
1: pretty much. Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, what was involved, yeah. if you don't mind me continuing this, then, like, what was involved in that?
1: Um, just like going to the movies and Olive Garden. Um, going to the mall and like I'd play music and then he wouldn't be paying attention. And I'm like, okay, uh, we'll just watch TV. And then we talk about like, I didn't know right away that he was gay and it was like a, both a bi situation, but we're both just kind of on the farther scopes.
0: <laughs> the so like, I, I, I did online scale. Yeah. yeah
1: <laughs> was Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like people to meet online. Like, I don't anymore. Um, or at least not right now. And, Uh, it's it's just an odd thing that happens to me, I guess. Attracted to gay men if I do like men.
0: Really?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how to go about that.
0: I don't know. But, like, how did that ever get weird, the practice date thing?
1: Uh, it got a little weird, like, when he would go into detail about, like, dudes and stuff, and, like, I just, I cringe a little, so, um... (laughs) It never, nothing ever like happened. Like we never like ma- even made out. Like it was nothing. Right. Like that. But it was still just we both like grossed each other out. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're not even friends now. It was we're like complete strangers almost.
0: So it's almost like you had a midnight, not midnight. Um, what's that Richard Linklater film with Ethan Hawke or whatever? Um, <laughs> shit. Before before midnight situation where you guys just sort of like meet and have this or uh, last tango in Paris like platonically like you have this like weird intense couple of weeks and then all of a sudden it just goes away and you guys never talk to each other again yeah
1: it just ended and bye you know that's yeah.
0: that's an interesting concept I, I, I might have to hold on to that to try and make it into a script or something
1: you should be something with it <laughs> I don't know
0: yeah, it's so weird. Like, just cause you never see like you always see it like romantically, like like legit romantic. Like before midnight, Last Tango in Paris. Like these people that meet, that come together, and they have this time together, and they part, and then you don't know if they're going to see each other again. But instead, just like two gay people <laughs> go and practice date together, and then just come and gross each other out and then leave each other forever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much how it went down. That's... I tried to be polite about it. it was just like...
0: <laughs> what, you guys, it was like, you guys knew you weren't going to see each other anymore?
1: Yeah, like, we said, like, it kind of got to a point where, like, we're, we're seeing other people, and we knew we weren't, like, dating. It, it's just, like, and then, like, we are Facebook friends and stuff, and then we both kind of just, like, I cleared out my Facebook thing a long time ago, and I'm like, I'm not going to be talking to this. Like, we haven't, we didn't keep in touch No tech, no no anything. It was just like, I'll see you next time. And then it just never happened. And we were both okay with that. (laughs) It's just now we don't even have, like, the online thing anymore. And now, so nothing. My numbers change. I don't...
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's so weird. Uh, Yeah. Would you feel weird if you, like, randomly popped up at a show you were playing?
1: Uh, no. I I think it'd be okay. I wouldn't really know what to say.
0: Yeah. I'm just... I'm just curious, like, what the, what this is.
1: (laughs) It's basically just a friendship that the we just decided that it wasn't anymore. And, like, the fact that we were gay actually was a problem. Like, we thought we would have something in common, but it was the opposite (laughs) common. Like, being a, a lesbian and being a gay man is a very different world is what I've found.
0: But don't you and Dan relate at all?
1: We relate, but he's he's unique in general. So it's, <laughs> That's, that's um, a nice way of putting it. So <laughs> no, I don't even picture him as a gay man. Like, in my mind, from the stereotypes and people that I associate with being, you know, over the top, kind of.
0: Right, um, like flamboyant.
1: Yeah, so him, he's just kind of like... Ooh. He's very,
0: like, metro, sort of.
1: Yeah, it, it keeps it all to himself too. Like he doesn't go crazy with it. And I, I try to too. Like I'll, I'll I'm very proud, and I'm not um, I'm not against like being who I am. So if someone asks, or if something good is happening in the gay community, I'll share it. Um, but I don't want it to ever label or put me into a niche that I don't. I don't want that to be what people remember about me. It's just my personal preference of life.
0: So you wouldn't want to be on, like, the, there's that program on XPN, I think, of, like, lesbian singer-songwriters. You wouldn't want to be a part of that or anything?
1: You know, if they asked, um, I wouldn't be against it, but I just, I wouldn't want it to, to label me. like I, And I also find there's a, not hatred, but there's still some work to be done in the gay community for bisexual people. Right. I actually feel the most uncomfortable around gay people that have a problem with um, people being bi.
0: Yeah, I mean, so, I've I've known gay people to just say straight up like I won't date bi people.
1: Yeah, and I've <laughs> convinced a few that it's not the end of the world, but it's yeah, it's a problem, and it really shouldn't be. It just it's individual thing.
0: That was a weird epilogue to the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, thanks again for talking to me.
1: Yeah,
0: and uh, we'll throw it to Dan, I guess, to weird you out constantly. <laughs> Oh, we should also say that Dan's not ashamed of his sexuality.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he's not. He's he's not ashamed.
0: He's just a very quiet person in general.
1: Conservative. Yeah. Sorry.
0: All right. Well, thanks. I'll shut this all off then. (laughs) All
2: right.
3: Um, what's the, you know? Uh
2: We're in the basement. That's new
3: The basement.
2: For us. Together down here.
3: Yep, we are in the concept of basement. Basement. I mean, if you were to just picture a basement that you can picture in your mind, we would be located smack dab in the center of it. Yep. Mm, who are you?
2: I am Jeanette Lynn. I am a singer-songwriter. I'm a multi-instrumentalist. And some kind of dreamer.
3: Okay. The question <laughs> begs to be asked. <laughs> <coughs> Jeanette what kind of dreamer are you?
2: Usually a good one.
3: Mm.
2: No bad dreams in this nugget.
3: Well, that's good. Last night I had a dream.
2: Yes, Mark.
3: I basically owned a villa in Italy.
2: Sounds common.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I felt pretty common. Um, It was left to us, well, me and my husband, from our father, who told me that it was my responsibility to fix it up and to make sure it could be rented out. And we swam in a pool that was really maybe like a fountain size, but it, I could swim in it because it's a dream. Okay. And I thought it was the best place ever.
2: So you had to set it.
3: Yeah. Well, I never got to that point. Hmm. The point that I did get to was when I woke up, Willie had told me I had been violently shaking throughout <laughs> the night. I don't know if there's a correlation... He often tells me this, or if he's just screwing with me. But um, I think it's important, before we go any further, for mm. you to tell everyone who I am.
2: So, you <coughs> are Dan. You are my older sibling from the same parents, both of them. And I'm
3: nodding my head in approval. Yes.
2: Yeah. That's it, and
3: just your sibling. So, you know.
2: That's it.
3: People used to think we were twins. And then are they twins? Are they
2: twins? Like, are you know, we?
3: We're not really cognizant of other <laughs> cool. people's conversations, but we were like staring at them, I guess.
1: You tell me. Oh, I'm a kid, and,
3: and apparently, I could be like, we were. They wanted us to be Irish twins. Mm. Which, do you know what that is? No. Apparently, this is when you have one baby, right? Mm-hmm. And you carry the baby and then you get rid of it, you know, mm-hmm. by squeezing it out. Oh, okay. And then maybe Different. like 30 minutes later, you get to work on that second baby. Uh-huh. And it gets in there and yeah. you carry it and you get rid of it, like, squeeze it out.
2: I don't like this.
3: So they're Irish twins because they're like nine months apart. Uh, yeah. I
1: hope I never
2: meet
3: one. Our that's, uh, that's, uh, ethnic group is prolific, mm. but not prophylactic.
2: Well, now that I've thought of childbirth for a little while
3: now. Well, you should, as I, I capable of it.
2: I guess I am. High. Are
3: you going to be the one to pass on the Bernie line? You or know. is it going to die with us?
2: Uh, that's a frightening thought now.
3: You haven't thought of that?
1: I mean, I've thought of it, but I didn't realize. Actually, you can still carry it on. You have a seed.
3: Mm, I would <laughs> have to be an adulterer or some Coop. kind of sperm donator. Uh,
2: yeah. It's a lot easier than what I'd have to go through. Hmm. I'd
1: be in the same situation. I might be an adulterer.
3: Can't you just donate your egg to somebody and they can implant it inside of them along with someone else's?
2: Can't you just donate your seed to somebody and just put it inside someone? We could both do this. It's on my
3: to-do list, but where do you go about getting that kind of information?
1: We could go together. It'd be weird. I don't want to think
3: about... I don't want to have someone like 20 years from now Knock on my door and be like, <laughs> I just want to get to know you, Dad. Yeah, because he's from funny. Alabama. <laughs> I just need to get to know you, Dad. I live on a farm most of
2: my
3: life. I live with the pigs and my family. Yeah, in they just don't understand how I am, and I thought maybe. Somewhere deep down inside of you is a little bit of me. I don't think
2: anyone wants that at their door. No. <laughs> no child See, like that. So that's really the number Should one
3: exist. reason why I've been kind of avoiding. Um,
2: that was a scary idea.
3: So it's like on the bottom of the to-do list.
2: I'd like a dog and a mm-hmm. nice apartment that I can have a full drum kit in and no angry neighbors.
3: What if you um, genetically modified the dog to include some semblance of your genes
1: Hmm. <laughs> That's got to be against nature somehow.
3: No. Not nature. Ethics. Morality.
2: Yeah.
3: I think nature would allow it.
2: <laughs> so,
3: you're a musician.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Tell me what kind of musician things you're doing.
1: I've recently assembled a group of beautiful
2: miscreants as my bandmates. Um, some people I went to high school with a girl I found on Craigslist and we've been working on my songs and I've been booking shows out of state for the fall so that we could go on a tour and hopefully continue to tour after said first
1: tour even if it goes bad So
3: How would it go uh, bad?
1: Uh, <laughs> the band could break up uh, the car we drive could not work and we'd have to cancel all the shows.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, we could get robbed. We could make negative negative like really bad negative money. We could suck and make a bad first impression at all of these places. Um yeah, so it's a lot that could go
2: wrong.
3: It seems to me like you haven't given it much thought, and maybe you should really plan some more things that could go wrong.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> so um, a few more.
3: What if you develop I don't know, Lyme's disease, uh, yes. when peeing in the woods. Mm. Um, With
2: woods.
3: When one of the people you have in your band turns out to be a serial killer.
2: That's a bad timing thing. Yeah.
3: So now let's talk about your string of defeat.
2: Yeah. yeah. It's a long, winding string of Kinda. Defeat.
3: Is that what John Lennon meant by the long and winding road?
2: Maybe. Yeah, it seems like everything I do... Or really want to accomplish when it comes to uh, competitions or opportunities, I seem to get turned down or turned away at the very last stages of these competitions.
3: Yeah, your fate is in the hands of idiots.
2: Yes. Yes. Um,
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, you can't say that because you plan on entering these same competitions again.
2: I, now I'm done. I think with those, the ones I've done. I've, I've entered five competitions. Let's talk about
3: each one briefly. Well, what was okay. that first one? Because there's one in particular I really want to discuss. Because um, it was the best.
2: I'll <laughs> it, was, that for last. it was the worst failure
3: right. <laughs> that anyone could probably have faced as a musician.
2: This is
1: really upsetting. Uh, okay, so I'll talk about the other ones. I entered
2: the Westchester, well, the Chester County Songwriting Competition. Mm-hmm. Very prestigious. Um, yes. And <coughs> they sold out the note while the note was still a big venue in Westchester for yeah. this the final five, five finalists to compete but, yeah. with two songs.
3: For those people that don't know, the note is famous because Bam Majera owned it, I guess. Yeah. And then he decided he no longer wanted to own it and now it doesn't exist. <laughs> it's
2: now some
1: weird barber shop slash restaurant. Yep. Um <laughs> but uh yeah, so I you get to the finalists. Uh, the finals and the winners are chosen by the audience, Mm -hmm. through a weird voting in a bucket situation where everyone gets a token, Mm -hmm. um, and it really becomes a popularity contest. I went on first, and I did not win. (laughs) Uh,
3: Were you close?
1: I, no, (laughs) I was probably dead last, not from effort, just from popularity. So whatever that means about me is fine.
3: It just means the I popularity equals effort.
1: Yeah, apparently. Yeah. Um, but so when I lose something like that, I like to go back with a vengeance in a way and just try and do better than I did the first time. So I entered the same competition two years later, mm-hmm. got to the finals, yep. performed, and also lost probably by the most... Um, oh, yeah, I, I was hoping I, maybe I something that. would change, and um, uh, i don't think I did as good as I did the first time around, which is disappointing
3: let's get to Same the
2: <laughs>
3: the best one
2: uh, what
3: where was this Because this? this tells the story just yeah. in itself
2: um in New
1: Egypt, New Jersey, mm-hmm. um there is a winery called La Winery, and every year they host a American Idol spinoff called Lorena Idol in their winery and they audition hundreds of people from surrounding areas. Yep. For the chance at a thousand dollars and some free wine.
3: So the upside of this event is that when you go, I don't believe you have to pay for a ticket or anything, do you?
2: Nope. It's
3: um, free. you can buy wine by the bottle for about six dollars.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So it's great. Yeah. But you're going to need this wine.
2: You really do.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it was a packed house, and the crowd was so weird. Everything from, like, four-year-old kids to, like, Grinch. octogenarians sitting together <laughs> picking up women. I don't know. It's Jersey. Yeah.
2: Central um, Jersey.
3: So, I don't know. How should we describe some of these acts?
1: Uh, I will say there was a very talented... Singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist as well, who's now in a big band called River City Extension. Is this
3: is... the the guy that looks like that guy from Girls that's a guy?
1: I think so. Yeah. I think he's so. name Adam. <laughs> kind of, but yeah, at the time he didn't have a beard. Now he's got a full lumberjack beard.
3: Basically, his thing was, he sang like a Frank Sinatra song. You remember what it was called?
2: Nope.
3: Anyway, he would sing it. And then periodically, he had like a drum strapped to him. He would hit the drum really hard. you would go like, I did it. (laughs) My (laughs) way. (laughs) 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 But he had one of those presents where it changed the emotional state of everyone in the room. And you were just like, oh my God, the raw masculinity in my face. And you were either totally against what he was doing. Or you were a little bit, a little bit turned off, on. one or the other.
2: Yeah, it was good. I enjoyed. It. Yeah. Um, the other acts were the karaoke stars of the area. In my opinion, there mm-hmm. were some moms. They
3: brought their machines.
2: <laughs> yeah, the one woman did
1: have a clip-on mic, like Britney Spears when she dances, mm-hmm. so that she could just play guitar
2: and sing into the tiny clip-on microphone in her mouth, which I thought was interesting.
3: It was beige colored too. I remember.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it was. It looked like she no, was she eating something every time she opened her mouth, <laughs> or there was like a. She's old chasing chin an M and M or there. something. Ah uh, good. <laughs> 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 That'd be a song. She could have won with that. Yeah. I just can't eat this Eminem. How
3: was your performance? How do you remember that going?
1: Um, I remember doing really well all the way up until the very end. Yeah. Um, well. <laughs> I don't remember
3: any flaws, but I'm sure you do.
1: Yeah, just it was really came down to song choice. Every time I performed, everyone really, really was like way more into it than I ever had with any audience. Um, it felt like I was on the Voice, like as close as I probably would get to it. Mm-hmm. And I remember once I even got a standing ovation in the room.
3: It's always a good sign.
1: It was pretty awesome. Yeah. And uh, the the last song I think was just an interesting song choice. I took "Torn." By Natalie and Bruglia. Okay, and also I don't. Kinda, I don't know
3: who that is. Um, it's a '90s popularity contest. Yeah. In which the audience picks. Maybe not a not a strong decision. Oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking of like a the one with
3: them. Yeah, they they all picked something that really played well to the room. They got the octogenarians with the Frank Sinatra. They got the whoever else with the Britney Spears. Um, so. Let's talk about the winner of Loretta Idol.
2: A goddamn puppet! (laughs) A puppet one.
3: Imagine a grown woman, uncomfortably close to 40, dressed as if she were about to give a Broadway performance, like a monologue. And she stands up there, she looks nervous as hell, and apparently she knows whoever is running this competition, because they, like, hugged before she got on the stage. She hugged the person that owns the winery and is oh, judging. But anyway, she goes up on stage and you're like, okay, this is going to suck. She looks like, I don't know what she looked like she was going to sing. Like Backstreet Boys songs? Cats,
2: uh, Moonlight.
3: Yeah, that's actually what I thought she was going <laughs> to sing. That would have been better. So she pulls out, like it felt like it was on Sesame Street. Like she pulls out this puppet wearing the exact same outfit she is. And then she starts singing the most ebullient, ebullient. Hello, uh, is that? It's it's e-bullient. a good word. Ebullient. E-bola. It's very bubbly. Okay. I don't know. The way that mouth opened on that puppet was just so. I was like,
2: wow. <laughs> yeah.
3: Like I can't think of a song that. What well, can you think of one? Uh, some Broadway song. That's really like oak. La where the in the day. And it was just so over the top. She's running around the stage like high fiving people with their puppet. She's like, ah. and everybody like is- just groans like and they see her out the puppet and you're just like, Oh my god. Is this is this for real? Cause up until then it had been pretty serious singer songwriters. Like she was like one of the last people to go. And uh she won.
2: She won.
3: She won. So you lost to a puppet.
2: I did. It happens once in a lifetime. <laughs> I hope it doesn't happen <laughs> to you. <laughs> um, it's an
1: interesting feeling to drive that far for ten weeks in a row
2: and then lose to a puppet that lives around the corner. Because
3: nice. these competitions, <laughs> it's not like you just show up that night. You have to... Go through this screening process, this vetting process, submit songs, Continue get your set set To
1: prove yourself the entire
2: time.
3: And the whole time, this lady who was going to sing and dance with a puppet, who knew the owners, was probably going to win that whole time. Oh man, that's how a lot of these competitions seem to go. And What about your most recent one?
2: Yes, um, just this last weekend I competed
1: for the second time in the Philadelphia Songwriters Projects songwriting competition that they hold every year. Um, And all the way up until the end the voting and the the screening processes are done by judges and music industry professionals in the area and it's on a a point system and if you get enough points you get to the next round and then by the time it gets to the finals you have to compete for the audience's vote.
3: And the first half, I mean it's people from like XBN. Yes. Like who else is there? Um, there's pretty like... much every
1: studio owner in at least the Philadelphia metro area. Mm-hmm. Um, even one that I've worked with previously and two that I met with before at the first competition. Um, there's different radio DJs. And then there's also just musicians in general that like to see who's at, who's basically their competition for the next year for certain gigs and opening spots.
3: So the, the first half of the competition is... The best of the best. The most influential people. And then, how do, how many people do they narrow it down to?
1: Oh, the, they choose four grand prize winners. Okay. To go on their summer tour of some of the local festivals. Like well, Firefly. I mean, like the judges.
3: Sets. Like, how many people do they actually oh. pick?
1: Uh, well...
3: Or are their points just worth a certain amount?
1: No, they, they end up with 12 um, for the final show. Out of, I think this year was like... 300 400
2: entries
3: and then they let the general public the people that accomplish. are in attendance do this
2: yeah they choose the line.
3: it's pretty crazy so what is the voting process
1: uh this year is the first time they're trying a um, qr code reader mm-hmm. where it scans your individual ballot which has its own unique code on it so you can only vote once Okay, I but
3: there is a huge problem with this. No one knew that there was going to be a QR reader.
1: try to tell people, but it's still...
3: They don't listen. Yes. <laughs> Two, you know, not everybody had phones or had phones that were connected to the internet. And three, how much time do they give you to make your vote?
2: Probably 10 to 15 minutes.
3: 10 to 15 um. minutes. Luckily, they did offer some technical support. They brought how many people?
1: Uh, There's supposed to be ten volunteers, but mm-hmm. there might have been two.
3: Two and um, how many two devices? IPads. Two iPads. We'll roam about three, four hundred people. Yes.
1: I no one had a chance. Helped every person that I knew was there for me to vote,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: I also saw those people. I thought they could hand in just a written ballot, so they put it in their pocket and then tried to hand it into people, and they were turned away at the last minute. And I had to help them vote again. So, uh, it was frustrating,
2: but it is what it is. I'm now done with trying to get validation in that way. At least done with the competing part on the the
1: finals level. I don't mind entering a competition, getting to the finals, and then not performing. Which might be a jerk thing to do, so I might not do that either. But, Mm. I don't like the way things... Not saying that I deserve to win either, but just a voting situation not based on your performance is... It unfair in my mind. It's crazy. It's a lot of time I spent getting things prepared for that. A lot of money I spent on rehearsals and you know driving around and promoting the event and
2: it's frustrating. Um,
3: uh. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about this song we're about to hear.
2: Boys, keep me up at night. It's all of my pets died. I mean, that's just the
1: kind of truth of life with pets, but in this situation, um, uh, I had gotten two hamsters from a previous relationship, and um, both died, interestingly. One passed away from me changing the bedding in its cage and it having an allergic reaction while I was at work, and by the time I came home, he was already on his way out of life. He had swelled up. His nose
3: was like running yeah, constantly. Yeah
1: he, he was not doing very well. He was having breathing issues. So he was buried in the courtyard of the apartment building we lived at.
3: Yeah <laughs> at this time we had moved out of our mother's house in New Jersey and we're sharing like a two-bedroom apartment in Westchester, Pennsylvania with our dad who yeah. works all the time. It's really just us.
1: Pretty much. And then later that same year, maybe even a month or two later...
3: Yeah, I have an intimate uh, connection to this story. I was the one who found this animal.
1: Our younger sister is autistic. And she's about our age. She's maybe three years younger than me.
3: Think like of mice and men. Oh. The rabbits, George. So here's what I know, and then you can tell me what you know. I was charged with watching Franny. I had just come home from work myself. Franny's our sister. She is addicted to anything electronic. She was on a computer, and right behind the computer was this cage. to The what? What are they?
0: Yep, a gerbil.
3: Gerbil cage, yeah. and they would run on this wheel. And while Franny <laughs> was playing, while Franny was playing, you know, you left and you told her, Franny no matter what you do, do not touch these gerbils. And she's like, okay. But you left her in a situation in which she's staring at the monitor. Directly behind it is a gerbil running around in circles like, pet me, 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 pet me. pet me." And eventually, you know, her wherewithal wears thin. She didn't have that much to begin with. And I guess. I don't. I didn't see this part. I, anyway, I walk in. Franny's on the computer. And I look in the cage and I realize there's no gerbil there. And I go up to Franny and I ask her, Franny, where's the gerbil? Because I knew you were really upset. One had just died. You were freaking out. She's like, I don't know. Like Franny, where is the gerbil? He's in a better place. Like, I just kind of like look down. I'm like, oh my God. Franny, where's the gerbil? He's in heaven now. And she points to, I think it was my bureau. And I go in there. And there's, like, the tiniest gift bag you've ever seen. It was red, I think. It was green. Mm -hmm. It was green. (laughs) It's Christmassy, And I'm like, it's perfect size to fit something gerbily. And I take it, and I pull it down, and I look in there, and there's a dead gerbil. I
2: remember it was stapled shut.
3: It was stapled shut. (laughs) I remember opening it. Yeah. And, uh... I was just glad that I was the one that found it.
2: <laughs> I might have murdered her on the spot by accident. Because
3: <laughs> if you add it into like, everything, like the other one just died, you specifically told Franny not to touch it. And then you come in, where's the gerbil? And you're like, oh my god, where's the gerbil? And you look everywhere, and you find it.
2: In my sock Gift drawer. Gift wrapped
3: in your sock drawer. Um. Did I wait till you came home to tell me?
1: No, you called me at work.
3: I thought you could figure it out while you're at work, so you didn't kill Franny. I guess. At
2: work, really.
3: So where you pick up the story from there?
2: I remember you calling me, or maybe Dad. Someone called me at work, and I was in the break room, and I just remember, (laughs) just that was like the last
1: straw. I lost it at work. I just burst out in tears and just sat in the room. And I tried to go back to the figure I worked in the clothing department at Target,
2: and the girl I worked with was like, something's up, what's wrong? <laughs> Just,
1: Let my sister killed my pet. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't be mad at her. <sighs> and then I remember my manager he overhearing somehow and telling me to go home. I don't think they knew it was a joke, <laughs> which yeah. is fine. Um, but I remember going back and Franny was still on the computer. Um, or did she leave? I think she had left. I don't know. I think it was the day she was leaving. It was a Sunday, I think. So it's good. Um, but I remember I opened the computer screen and it just. She had changed the background to a picture of me holding the hamsters. <laughs> and she had opened the notepad and wrote, I'm sorry about the hamster. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember finding you hadn't. Like, got rid of um, his name was Cornelius. um, You had left him in the drawer, in the bag, so that I could see <laughs> or just know
3: that. What give you a heads up. It. I yeah. thought you would want to uh, yeah. take care of it yourself.
1: I did. It was just upsetting. And I remember burying him in the courtyard next to the other hamster, Rodney Gerbil. Yeah, sorry, I can't remember if they were gerbils or hamsters. I think they were gerbils.
3: I don't know. They were tiny, um, furry things.
1: I just remember that being. They were okay. And we, me and her don't talk
3: about it. She doesn't talk much anyway.
2: Yeah, definitely not about that.
3: For anything. Yeah. Best you can get out of her is a hello. Hi. And Great. she's usually not looking at you when she says it. But yeah. Is there some sad pet stories? Mm-hmm. Hmm. You got any traumatic memories you want to bring up regarding me, or do you may just keep hitting you with them?
2: Hmm. Yeah. In your life?
3: Um, no. Um, okay. I was hoping Winston Churchill. Um, <laughs>
2: uh, I don't know. I don't feel like you had... Have... No, you did. I won't throw those up there. There's, there's some, some that
3: are okay to throw. There's some that are not. I <laughs> yes. hope you know the line.
2: I don't, so
1: I'm <laughs> just keep them. Unless okay. you want to bring it up, I'll save you.
3: What's another one? Here's a question i'd like to see uh if you can answer this is good material to edit out um how many david bowie songs do you know and can name
2: Oh God. Um.
0: 10 minutes she needs about five i don't remember what they were And it was kind of cute and funny listening to them banter. But on with the show. Okay,
3: here's a better question. How many of these songs have you covered since I've asked you a million times to cover one David Bowie song? Zero. Man. Yeah. That's got to change. Maybe you could cover one now for the podcast.
2: I could try.
3: Okay, we'll do that. Um, I have a different question for you now. Um, that has to do with the state of the United Nations
1: I'm going to make
3: a real change yeah -changes. changes what do you think about President Obama's response to the Thai cabinet's minister concerning the ethnic Rohingya refugees off the coast of their country Oh, what was his response? That he hopes that in our time, people can be treated by the content of their character and not their religious beliefs. Oh, well,
2: that sounds wonderful. So I feel about it. wonderful. <laughs> wonderful.
3: <laughs> this is Tell an easy people. one.
2: <laughs>
3: you think that it's wonderful that off the coast of Bangkok or perhaps 10,000 people starving to death on boats (laughs) because Thailand refuses to offer them any kind of political asylum because they are Muslim and they are believed to be... I'll draw a parallel for you. You ready? Imagine World War II. Imagine Germany's thoughts concerning the Jews. Now let's replace that. Thailand's thoughts considered just considering the ethnic Rohingya Muslim population very similar.
2: Hmm. So they're not letting them in?
3: No, probably not. No. That
2: sucks. Pretty bad. bad,
3: yeah. The U.S. Navy has also begun search flights. Myanmar said Friday it has intercepted a boat off its coast carrying 727 people. It said we're Bangladeshi, but they're really Rohingya. They're trying to escape extreme poverty, human trafficking, and um, like jihadist extremists. Great radio. Great
2: radio.
3: Okay, your turn. Hit me with the top. All right.
2: Um, bagels versus croissants. For
3: um, sandwiches. I would. Um, I hope that someday in our future we can live in a world in which we have a bagel that is also a croissant. Ooh. That is the world I hope to live in someday.
2: What would you call it? Like a grown or what do you call this? Mm. Bagant? Alright. Alright. Someone's got
3: something. Yeah. Begant?
2: Belligant? Bagant? like a bacon egg,
3: I feel like I'm steering all this conversation.
2: Yeah, I thought you were supposed
3: to. No, you, you gotta plug things. Here, this plug is your drums. chance to plug things.
1: So I'm working on my second album. It is almost complete. About four to five days left of finishing up tracking and mixing and mastering. Then just ordering the actual CDs and a CD will be born. Um, and that will probably be on iTunes and available on Spotify, Amazon, and Google Play. All the normal places. And uh, yeah, hopefully by the end of the summer that will all be taken care of.
3: Where can people go to send you money and buy stuff from you?
1: Well, at any time, anyone can go on my Bandcamp page and purchase any of my previous releases, my first album, my first demo, um, individual songs, you can name your own price. Um, And that goes directly to my PayPal, which is awesome, because then I use that money for more recording and more, you know, musical things. Um... Also, iTunes, you can also always do that. Um, yeah. And it shows. I'm always happy to take tips or sell CDs, sign CDs, all of that good stuff.
3: All right. Now, keeping in with the uh, shameless self-promotion, we're going to take a momentary break so Jeanette can learn a David Bowie song, Woo! Um, as well as play... Boys keep me up at night. I can't. Yeah. All right, here we go. And we're momentarily out, except I'm still talking and it's still recording.
2: Okay. Even... It
3: be? Oh. Yeah. It's just is it playing on top of her? <laughs> this is um, Starman.
2: Yeah.
3: By uh. David Robert Jones, who changed his name because Davy Jones of the Monkees was more popular. (laughs) Became to fade Came back like a slow voice On a wave of fades That weren't no DJ That was hazy cosmic drive. There's a
2: star
3: man Waiting in the sky He likes to come and meet us But he thinks he'd blow our minds There's a star man waiting in the sky, he's told us not to blow it, cause he knows it's all worthwhile, he told me, let the children lose it, let the children use it, let all the children boogie, star man. Thank you.
2: Thank
3: hey. you very much. Okay, that was Starman by David Robert Jones. Now we're going to sing another song called...
2: Boys, boys! Keep Me Running. Keep Me Up.
3: Keep Me Running.
2: Tonight. And I've played
3: in a while, so this is exciting. So there's two ways to think about this. Um, some pre bescent girl who keeps thinking about girls... Wait, hold on. Let me make that less alienating. Some prepubescent girl who stays up at night thinking about boys. And um, she just can't sleep because she's, uh, you know, hormones. But this is really about two gerbils spinning on a wheel. And it's loud, so Jeanette couldn't sleep. And if this
1: doesn't go well...
3: You can always use the album version. Yeah, you can go buy it.
2: Yeah. Buy it. There we go. <laughs>
3: that Lynn with boys keep me up at night. No matter how many contests you lose you'll always get my vote.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Alright. I think that's enough.
2: Alright. Yeah.
3: Bye.
0: You can find more of Jeanette's music at her website JeanetteLynn.net J-E-A-N-E-T-T-E-L-Y-N-N-E dot net or just go to the fucking website and click on the link Jesus Christ uh, so also if you want to buy her the .com Jeanette Lynn site. It's up for sale on hugedomains.com for $2,295. You will uh, be mildly appreciated for, by her for that probably because she probably does not need it. Anyway, go to her actual website, JeanetteLynn.net, for more of her music, music videos, updates, etc. She's also on Twitter, Jeanette underscore Lynn. Uh, she plays shows around the Philadelphia area. She might be touring around the country with uh, those people and stuff. And uh, we talked after. I tried to get her to join Mother Whore. A future guests of this program Jill and John John also being the one behind the music you're hearing right now Lost Puppies the song Plagiarism I don't know what he thinks he's plagiarizing with this but he's crazy in that way next week I don't know who will be on yet we'll have to see but I have a lot of interviews I want to do with some fucking weirdos and some have already done but aren't ready and some other people have already done whatever send me your short stories poems songs whatever you've got to undressingunderground at gmail.com or post on the blog or send it to me on Twitter okcupid at falconvein falcon like the bird vein like the thing in your arm and submit to me your guest suggestions or your own interviews we've got time to fill people just fucking send me stuff Also, how about this? You can donate money and I'll send you stuff. Or you can leave me a review on iTunes and make this seem like a real podcast. Leave your review. Any amount of stars. I know you don't like the podcast, so I won't make you give me five. There's no need for that. But uh, yeah, leave your review and I'll send you some additional tea time. Or if you... If you want to hear the half hour of stuff I cut out from Dan's interview with Jeanette, you can listen to that if you really want to. Uh, what else? Oh, my God. Just talk to me, please. Follow me on Twitter at FalconFane. Follow me on Tumblr at undressingunderground.tumblr.com, which is also the website. Oh, thank fucking God I'm out of time. See y'all next week, I guess. Oh, and next week we're also going to hear about Dan and Mayo's new podcast, Fixed with Josh and Dan. So look forward to that. Goodbye.